Good morning. Good morning, Evergreen family. Um, online and in front of me, this is my first time preaching to a camera and people, so uh, I will do my best. I'm Julie. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm just really moved by our time already this morning. So um, just praying for God to continue to bless us as I deliver the, the message today. First, I want to show you a couple pictures. See how your what what do you feel in your body when you see these pictures? Do you feel anxious? Do you feel like you want to be that person climbing? Um, do you yeah? How how do you feel about taking risks like this? Do you are you a person that literally would jump out of a plane, or are you a person that tries to avoid risks? Um, there's one more hang gliding in Yosemite. Is that called hang gliding, I think? Yeah. Um, so the, some risks, as we know, are definitely more extreme than others. Uh, my husband, Kenji, has actually been skydiving and he bungee jumped off the highest bridge in North America. Um, all of this he did before I met him, so. <laughs> um, this is the most risky thing that I've ever done. I went up in a powered parachute. It was basically like a go-kart with an engine attached to a parachute, and we flew up about 1,000 feet in the air. Um, so this is the picture, the aerial view that I took. This is in Kikongo in the Democratic Republic of Congo. It was my first time flying um, like that, and it was definitely scary, but really amazing. So I'm glad I took that risk. Well, a lot of people choose to take risks, leaving a job to pursue their passions, maybe moving to a new city, starting over, switching schools, maybe entering a new relationship. When we choose to take risks, we know there's a possibility of being physically hurt or maybe emotionally, but there's a certain kind of excitement um, in the change that it may bring and a certain excitement with trying new things that kind of pushes us in the direction of taking those risks. So what happens when risks are not always our choice? We lose a job, we lose a loved one, we lose our health. We're suddenly thrust into this new world of unknowns that we didn't want. Right now, we are surrounded by risks, by things that we didn't choose, living in a pandemic, the fear of gathering with people, going out in public, traveling, going to school or work. These are all everyday things like um, going to church, that all involved a certain level of risk before, but we probably never really even noticed it or thought about it. But now those normal things in our life are the ones that bring us fear and worry. And then you add other things that people in our country and our community are experiencing. Anti-Asian hate crimes, intolerance, political divisions, and we may feel like just leaving our home is riskier than the benefit of leaving. So as we've been in our sermon series, Anchored, 
we're exploring what it means to be anchored in God in the midst of life storms, in the midst of our exhaustion, our isolation, our risks, our uncertainties. How do we not let fear take over? How do we stay tethered to Christ so that we don't drown? Jesus certainly took a lot of risks in his life and in his ministry. He was not afraid to anger the religious leaders or shake up the societal expectations. He also experienced living in risky times. He lived under the occupation of an oppressive government. He lived with a religion that was very legalistic with its rules and its laws. So the combination of the culture that he lived in and his own calling from God led him to risk the biggest sacrifice of all, his death. Today we're going to look at Luke chapter 22, verses 39 to 46. To set this up, Jesus had just finished the Passover meal with his disciples. He was really feeling the weight of what was to come as he shared that last meal with his followers. I'm going to read now. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to his disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. And we know that just after this scene, Judas came to the garden to betray Jesus to the rulers and the chief priests, which ultimately led to his crucifixion. So what can we learn from Jesus's example in the garden? And how do we anchor ourselves in God in risky and unsettling times? Can I start out by saying that this has been a very trying, very difficult message for me to bring. These last four years, um, starting with the death of my father, have been the hardest, I think, of my whole life. I feel like I'm moving from one unsettling thing to the next. And God actually feels really distant to me. So how do I anchor myself to someone who doesn't really seem to be there. And if I'm personally having a hard time feeling connected to God, then how do I stand up here in front of all of you and preach about the importance of it? I want to be honest, and pastors are not always vulnerable with their own faith journey. I want you to know that we are people who struggle with doubts questions, sometimes even anger towards God. 
it's sometimes easier to find God working in others' lives than in our own. My prayer is that through my own wrestling with this passage, we will all find ways to tether ourselves to Christ, despite our circumstances and our feelings. I forgot to take my mask off, so I'm going to take it off. Sorry. So the first way that I believe we can stay anchored to God is through prayer. Prayer is our direct lifeline to God. It grounds us. It gives us a way to express our deepest desires to an almighty, powerful, and loving God. This passage tells us that Jesus was faithful in prayer, but also he was not afraid to be real with God. The passage tells us that he cried out in anguish so that his sweat was like drops of blood. He begged God to change his circumstances. He said, take this cup from me. How many times has our prayer life taken this kind of stance? That it's okay to anguish before God, to question him, to ask him to change things, and yet it doesn't always change. I had never actually noticed the verse before, uh, verse 43, an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Even though the cup was not taken from Jesus and his life was still poured out as a sacrifice, God still attended to him. He showed his love for Jesus through the angel that ministered to him. We can take solace that even when our circumstances don't change, that we're not alone in the midst of them. God will send angels to strengthen us. It may not be a physical angel that we see, but it may be the love and care of a person or our church community or a song or a passage of scripture that speaks to your heart or the Holy Spirit that comforts us beyond what we can actually understand. So whether we're offering prayers of gratitude, prayers of thanksgiving or anguish or pain, God hears and receives them with the love of a father for his children. This is what anchors our faith, not getting the answers that we want or expect. The second thing that anchors us is the ability to surrender. Jesus asked God to change his mind, but then he was willing to surrender in verse 42. Yet not my will, but yours be done. I think surrender is the hardest part of choosing to anchor ourselves in God. It means that we actually trust him. One of the areas that I'm finding extremely difficult to surrender right now to God is my health. I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia three years ago. And it's one of the uncertainties that I face every day in life, living with chronic pain, with fatigue. I had surgery in June. Taking that risk 
hoping that the quality of my life would actually be improved. But it wasn't. My pain has not changed, despite all that I went through with the surgery. So how do I surrender to God when I don't know if God will actually heal me? Jesus surrendered, even though God did not change his outcome. I believe that it's the act of surrender, of choosing to trust, that anchors us in God. That's where our faith and obedience comes in. We're choosing to put our trust in a good and loving God, regardless of the outcome. The third thing that anchors us is our ability to be faithful. I can imagine that Jesus, in his humanity, would have loved to have just stayed in the safety and the comfort of that home with his disciples, enjoying the fellowship and the meal together. But faithfulness, sorry, he may have felt like skipping out on his ritual of going out to commune with God. But faithfulness is being consistent even when we don't feel like it. We are more likely to stay connected to God during risk and trials when we are consistent in our desire to connect with him. That means attending worship service, being a part of a small group and a fellowship group, communing with people even when we don't feel like it. That means praying and surrendering to God even when we feel frustrated with the outcome. That means singing and choosing to be joyful despite the circumstances. A lot of us have really hard and sad things happening in our lives that we did not choose. The one thing that we can do, though, is to choose to be faithful in our communion and in our connection with God. These are all really positive things, but none of them are easy. It's easier for me to talk about prayer and pray for others than it is for me to talk to God about myself. I often feel at a loss for words. It's also easier for me to kind of live life on autopilot, getting by each day, instead of thinking about how I'm feeling and allowing those feelings um, to come over me and sink in, thinking about life, about God. If I pray, then I have to sit with myself, <laughs> sometimes recognizing my own feelings and actually letting those emotions in. I find that lately, when I try to focus on praying, I actually end up crying because I'm stopping to reflect on everything that's happening. I'm learning, though, that through therapy and the care of others, that it's okay. It's okay to be in that place. It's okay to cry and wrestle with God. It does not make God love or accept me any less. If anything, it makes our relationship more real and vulnerable so that I am able to actually receive from him. I want to encourage us not to just go through the motions of a deep, connected relationship with God. 
If like me, it's hard to admit, you don't feel very anchored in God, that's okay. I invite you to spend these next moments reflecting on how you're feeling and be open in expressing that to God. If you are in a good place, feeling extremely connected to God, I envy you. And I also invite you to spend this time thanking him and praying for others maybe around you who may be struggling. Wherever you find yourself this morning, God loves you and he wants to meet you. We're going to enter into a time of prayer together now. There will be an opportunity to spend some moments of silence and then we will pray all together out loud a response. So first, I'd like to invite you to talk to God about surrender. God, reveal the things that we struggle with, that we struggle to surrender to you. Let's pray together. God, we surrender to you, knowing your deep, unending love for us. God, make us open to receiving all that you wish to give us. Let's pray together. God, 
we receive from you knowing your deep unending love for us God help us to share with you our hopes our needs our praise all that we have to offer together God we share with one another your deep unending love for us Amen Amen